Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and today our special guest is Carrie Killian. So Carrie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background in the library. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, excited to be here. I'm a library media specialist in Milton Area School District at the elementary level, and uh, I'm in rural Pennsylvania, so um, we have all the things that go with being in a rural world, like uh, spotty internet services. Um, but you know what? We make it work and we have fun anyway. Yeah. So but I'm going to take this back for our new librarians who may just be starting. My librarian experience starts with me being a classroom teacher. Okay. So I was a kindergarten, third, uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade classroom teacher. And then I was a title one math for first or sixth grade. And I followed that with three years of a technology coach um, at the high school level. And all of those experiences have really helped me to be the librarian that I am today because I had experience with so many different grade levels. Um, And when I was at the high school level, the high school librarian is one that said I should think about being a librarian. And this was not even on my radar. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) she showed me the description and she stated, you know, that librarians work with students and teachers and often showing them how to integrate new technologies and strategies for learning. Like um, she saw me doing with the students and teachers as a technology coach. So um, I, I looked at the information and I said, yeah, that's what I do. That's exactly what I do. It's what I'm passionate about. So I took the Praxis test in Pennsylvania um, uh, since I already had my teacher certification. Okay. Um, I just had to pass a Praxis test. So I just thought, you know what, without taking courses, I'll try it, see if I can pass it. Um, and I did. And then after I passed, I, I started my master's uh, degree with School Library and Information Sciences from Mansfield University. Okay. So that was all online while I was teaching. Um, and that's where it all started. And then that following year, I was hired as an elementary school librarian at Millville Elementary School. Um, I didn't have my master's degree, but I just had to have that practice part passed, but they were excited and pleased to see that I was working on my master's. So I know a lot of districts will We'll take a librarian uh, who has passed their praxis, and then they usually encourage them to move on and get their master's degree with library sciences. Um, but it's not required. Okay. So, and it's not required that every school has uh, a librarian. Um, we're working on that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with our uh, our government. But um, I am a school librarian for 900 students. I'm at two elementary schools. Uh, we did have three elementary schools, but uh, one closed last year. So um, it's really busy, you know, managing your time and, and keeping yeah. track and keeping up with everything. Um, but like I said, have fun with it and, um, and your days go much faster and you realize your whole purpose for what you're doing is for the students. And when you see the joy of their learning and the smiles on their faces and when they make new discoveries, you're like, yep, this is why I do what I do. Oh, exactly. um, so. That's my, my background experience. In the last six years, I've been at Milton uh, Area School District at the elementary level um, as a library media specialist and just have grown tremendously as a professional um, and as a teacher and just have seen so many changes in the, the libraries there. Okay. Now, in case any of our, our listeners are thinking about 
um, or seeing job opportunities where they'd be split between schools, that can sound kind of intimidating. So describe that. What is that like for you to go between two schools? Well, I will say I am very thankful that I don't have to travel throughout the day. I know some librarians do, um, but I have a seven-day schedule where um, five of my days is at the largest elementary school and the other two days is at the smallest elementary school. Um, it's, it's just a matter of where you drive to get to um, that building to see those students for the day. It is a little more work um, on a librarian's part because it's another library to manage. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you, you really just have to figure out uh, how, how to manage that time. And if you have a, a library support personnel, um, um, which I do. I have a library aide. Her name is Laura Spangler, and she is amazing. Um, and she's been able to travel with me through to the buildings. Um, so I can teach, I find I can teach so much better, and I can do new learning because she is there, because I can focus on the lesson, and she is focusing on getting the books checked out, getting the books on the shelves, and doing all of that. When yeah. I first started as a librarian, I did not have that assistance. It was just me. Um, so I relied on some volunteers to help me, um, you know, cover some books and, and get new barcodes on, on books and do things like that. Um, you just have to figure out how to manage that time so it works for you and you are never going to leave the day with everything done. Right. Ever. <laughs> that, that's one thing I figured out early on and I, try, I also teach graduate school so I, I tell the students all the time this is not the kind of job that, that you're staying till it's done. You know, it, it's, there's always something to keep doing. So, Yeah. And I consider myself a, a servant librarian and, and most librarians are. Mm -hmm. So while you're there at the building, anyone pops in your room, a student or a teacher and says, Hey, I had a question about this. You're not going to say, Oh, well, I'm working on getting um, books out, new books out. Can you just wait till I get this done? You're probably not going to say that. You're going to say, sure. What is it? What can I help you with? Mm -hmm. So I find that the tasks that I need to get done always get put, put back on the back burner. And um, I usually end up staying after school to work on those things. Um, but you know, your job is to be there to help the whole school community. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and if you have built that rapport and that relationship with your students and teachers that they are coming to you, you know, you're gonna take that opportunity to help them. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's um, go back in time a little bit to what you can think about any of the libraries you've been in, but what do you remember about like the first year at a library? Um, my first year at um, Milton Area School District Library, when I first got that job, uh, I was coming from a school that had a newer library. Um, and then when I turned around the corner and I saw my new library, I was like, oh, this is totally taking me back to the 70s. Oh, no. <laughs> So I thought, you know what, I'm going to be a library missionary here and uh, we can do this. We'll, we'll make this like a great place for learning. It doesn't matter, you know, what it looks like. It, um, it didn't have, have windows. It, it has just some little light that comes in the top and um, had uh, brown carpet and green tables, uh, green walls, and everything was just original with the building. So, um, but in six years, it looks completely different today. Um, we got a, a renovation with um, opening the books. We worked with them and we got um, new furniture, new tables, new bookshelves, um, flooring that is not carpet and it's our school colors. The kids helped me design it. Um, so 
I, which is great because I'm not an interior designer. <laughs> um, so I used Flipgrid and I said, hey, you know, I realized the um, middle school and high school libraries got, you know, renovations and we might be next. So what would you do if you could do anything to your library? Oh, so yeah. they were, they were telling me ideas, the color schemes they would like. And I said, they can be as crazy as you want. I said, you know what I want? I want to slide in the library. <laughs> so every student that returns their book on time, you get to go down the slide before class starts, you know, just fun stuff like that. I said, just, you know, be creative. And, and they did. And um, through a lot of help in the community and, and with administration, it, it was actually wonderful to see it happen um, last May and the kids love their new learning space. So, um, so I, I, I was taken aback when I first stepped in, but you know what, it's their learning space and no matter what your space looks like um, or smells like, <laughs> um, whatever it is, you're going to make that space uh, a comfortable place for them to learn and um, a safe place for them to learn. Good. And I just have to ask, did you get the slide? I did not get this okay. slide. <laughs> I didn't imagine, but you know, you never know. I, I've seen people who have like things that look like forts, you know, in their in their library. So maybe you've got one of those. <laughs> you do have a really nice uh, reading nook area that has the archway and some cushions, and um, okay. I really enjoy that. Our ceiling is high enough for a slide, so <laughs> the kids still ask about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so still thinking back in time to when you were first starting out, do you have any kind of advice you would have told yourself? Yes. Um, kindergarten, I, I teach kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. You teach multiple grade levels. Mm -hmm. I think when I first started, I tried to do something different for every grade level. Um, and I don't do that anymore because that, um, that's a lot. So I tend to do kindergarten through second grade. Uh, lessons. I, I do the same thing. And then I tend to do third through fifth grade. They get the same lesson. So okay. I, um, you, you change it around to fit their needs, but you get the same topic. A lot of times it is the same topic. Um, one thing I found that that works really well for me for kindergarten through second grade for read alouds, like I'm, I'm not that librarian that keeps track of the books that I read for every class every year so you know when they get to fifth grade did I ever read that to them it's okay if you read a book already to the class um, um, but I don't keep track of that I do the Pennsylvania Young Readers Choice Awards okay. with kindergarten through second grade so so yours many states have readers awards like that and our kids get so excited that they get to pick an author to win a medal so they love having that voice and, and making that. So in library class, I can usually get either one or two books read in a class. And I, I try to get as many from that list read so that they can vote from. So it helps me figure out, oh, what should I read for a read aloud? It makes that choice much easier. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so that has worked for me is, is not to try to do something different for every grade level, but to do grade bands has worked better for me. Right, that, I love that idea. That really would simplify you know, a, a lot of things for sure. All right, so I named the podcast Librarian Influencers because I really see that librarians are in this pivotal position on the campuses to have so much influence on so many different things. So could you describe a little bit about the kind of influence that you currently have where you are? Um, yeah, so, um, I am a Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert, and um, I have become, um, 
I'm very involved in that group and I'm learning a lot more about the tools that our schools are using. We're a Microsoft school. So mm -hmm. our administrators see me as a leader that they can turn to when they're thinking about trying something new or, or I'll just try new things with our students. The great thing about a librarian is, you know, if I want to introduce immersive reader, so, um, you know, it helps students to read and it reads things out loud to them and translates everything. If I want to introduce that to the students, I introduce it to everyone in the school during library class time. Yeah. So, you know, that is something that librarians have as a huge influence for their school. Or if there's a new application that we want to try, um, let me go ahead and try it in library class, get the kids all signed in. So then when the teachers go to use it, mm -hmm. that part is done and it's going to be easier for them. That's so as, as an influencer, that's something that you have that other teachers don't have is that you see every single child. I am on a fixed schedule. So I do teach 900 students every seven days. Um, and then, so you see all of them and, and then you can introduce it to them. So for, for me, I introduce Microsoft Teams to third through fifth graders uh, that last week that we were in school in March before we um, were closed for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And that our district decided to do Microsoft Teams K to 12. So um, thankfully, we had students that already had it on their devices, already logged in, already ready to go. So it helped save that process a little bit. Um, and, and then my administrators knew they could come to me um, to ask for some ideas, some help. And um, then I have my uh, wonderful group of uh, Microsoft innovative educator experts that I turn to for help. And um, so, so yeah, on my campus, I'm, I'm close, my administrators know that they can count on me to, um, to help with ideas and, um, you know, just to, to try new things. Okay. All right. So, I, I mean, I know we're, we're all kind of in shelter in place right now, wherever we are. Um, <laughs> is there any kind of thing that you're really working on now, or maybe you're already planning for next school year when we return? Um, I actually was starting to use Microsoft Teams in my library classes and it has completely changed right now because I did grade level teams. So I invited all the specialists onto oh. my team. So now it is the art, the music, the gym and library and guidance. They're all on this team. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I was actually planning on using it for the whole year. Okay. Next school year, I'm going to continue to use Teams, and I'm, I just set it up that I have a channel for the different things that we talk about in library class, and the kids will always have access to those materials, and I think that's really important. So, you know, digital citizenship, um, you know, computer science. Um, and, you know, our books that we have in, uh, in Follette, how to search for your library books, that's all going to be in one place for them. Um, right now, I'm doing some book, uh, reading some books to students. I, I found a book at my parents' house from 1846, so I know I don't have to worry about copyright with that one. Um, <laughs> but within Teams, I, I can read a book in a program called Stream, and the only people that can hear it uh, are the ones within our tenant and within our school. So I really like that part of it, that it is very private um, for things like that. Okay. So I going on to next year, I'm going to continue to work with teams and uh, continue to have kids feel comfortable and confident in that. Okay. And I will say, I, I ditched my plan book this year. <laughs> okay. I did. I got, I got rid of my plan book and I put everything in teams now yes. um, into a OneNote. And like I would just put week one, week two, week three, and I put the dates and I just put my lesson in that 
and I am not copying and pasting as much as I used to in my plan book because mm -hmm. I was just repeating what I did so many times. So that has really saved me time. Um, and and that's another thing I'm going to continue to do. And I put, I put, I made, I made a team called K to Five Everything Library. Here's wow. my budget. Here's um, the books that we ordered. Here's you know barcode. Wow. Everything is in one spot. Um, so that's actually helping. I, I'm. I'm still learning new things, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm I try new things every, every year. Um, and, and that's why I can, I, that's one reason why I do like third through fifth grade. I'll do the same lesson. I don't really teach the same thing that I taught last year. Right. Um, sometimes I teach the same concepts, but I'll do it in a little bit of a different way. And for people who aren't familiar with teams, I kind of think of it like as the, the Google classroom equivalent. Is that how you would describe um, yeah, yeah, similar. So if you're a Microsoft school, um, Teams is your go-to, and um, uh, Teams is actually free for anybody, um, yeah. and it, it's a platform that um, you can include all your notes, all your activities, students participate and respond. Um, that's the way that I'm able to, to stay in contact with 900 students is through yeah. Teams right now. Um, like, that's the hardest part as a librarian is, you know, a classroom teacher can can reach out to 20 students um, even if I needed to make a phone call mm -hmm. as a librarian you're like I have 900 kids you know what am I gonna do here yeah, yeah. so and, and I kind of thought about that when I heard that schools started were closing in other countries I thought if I if I introduce teams I will still be able to communicate with my students and so we have been chatting uh, every day um, and they ask questions and um, submitting library assignments and you know it, it's a great way to help each other out and just stay connected and it's super important for the kids to have that right now that was so strategic that you noticed what the other countries were doing and, and immediately <laughs> thought of rolling this out you know before you had your break time so well very good all right well let's go ahead and keep talking about all these fun things that you're doing with the kids and um, what you're doing with the other teachers uh, tell us a little bit about your philosophy of how you handle things in the library or plan things in the library? So library uh, is called a special or a related arts. And I've always thought, you know, my library is gonna be a special place. It's gonna be a special time in the day where the kids can relax, the kids can have fun learning, the kids can um, know that they're safe to make mistakes and it is okay, no pressure zone. So um, thankfully I don't have to give library grades um, I tried really hard, you know, not to get grades because I only see the kids. Um, when I first started, I saw them like 15 times a year. Mm -hmm. So um, it just makes it difficult. And part of the class time, they're looking for library books. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have also found that the best thing that works for me is, is to do little snippets um, of lessons. Um, for me to continue a lesson, especially when I was on a 12-day cycle, was very difficult because yes. I would introduce something and then 13 days later, 15 days later, remember what we learned last time? They'd look at me with this face and be like, no, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> I totally lost interest too. Let's do something else. You know, it's, it's difficult. So I find that I try to get what my point across and introduce what I'm doing in that library class period. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, have fun learning. So one thing that I started doing was maker spaces. Um, 
uh, when I came to this new library and I'm like, you know, there's librarians that are doing this um, in library class. And I thought, well, let's do that. So I talked to administrators. I said, just so you know, I, I'm not sure what I'm doing. I've never done it before. It might look like recess in the library. Just, you know, <laughs> teachers might come by and say, I don't know what's going on. I just want them to read books quietly. And they're like having recess in there. So, um, but it has been a great way for students to, uh, really see maybe something that they're skilled at that they never knew that they were skilled at before because as librarians not only do we provide books like all varieties of books for students to try um, but we can find activities that you know I, I teach in a school where 70% of students receive free or reduced lunches and I know that not everybody has Legos or I know not everybody has robotics available to them or or snap circuits or, or different yeah. items like that. So if I can provide opportunities for them to get some hands on with some stuff like this, maybe they would see that, you know, this might be something that I like to do. Maybe this is something that I'm good at. So it helps them really discover who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love offering opportunities like that. And um, having fun with learning it, another thing that I realized was that our school had Minecraft for Education Edition um, that was free along with our Office 365 suite. So I went through getting permissions for that and um, this year I, I introduced it to students and that's where they're having fun learning too. Oh. Um, you know, you just dig into something you know that they are interested in and, and take it to the next level. So in library class I would say, okay, for your Minecraft, you may have three opportunities, three choices that you want. You can create, uh, recreate a fairy tale in Minecraft um, or just part of a fairy tale, or you can make something that's gonna make the world a better place. So they're, they're designing, um, you know, homeless shelters, they're designing, um, you know, water purification systems are just doing really amazing things that I'm like, wow, you guys are incredible. Or something for our Milton community that they would like to see. We don't have an amusement park. I've seen lots of kids create amusement parks um, or a petting zoo, um, you know, so they're really creative with their ideas. Mm -hmm. um, I also showed them a website where that had lots of old historic buildings in the community and some students really took to that and they recreated some of those old buildings in Minecraft. Oh. Um, so this is stuff that I just introduced the topic and they run with it. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of the best parts about being a librarian is that I don't often give library homework, but the kids are coming back saying, oh, look what I did, Mrs. Kelly, look at this, look at this. And, and that's another thing that um, with Makerspaces, I introduced Flipgrid because my, my camera was getting loaded up with pictures from students. Can you take my picture? Can you see what I did? Because they're so proud of their work and you don't want to say no. So um, in Flipgrid, students were able to share their learning with each other. So they would say, this is what I made, this is what I did. And the kids would watch it and then they would reply to it and say, oh, I love the way that you did this. Um, how does it work when you do this? So it's just a great place for them to, to be able to share their learning with each other and have fun learning. So the last, the latest thing I have with Half Fun Learning is um, just yesterday, I had two fourth graders said, Mrs. Killian, would we be able to create a team that, that's just called like home adventures that we can just share what we're doing to pass the time while we're at home? Um, I said, you know what, that's a great idea. How about if I just create a channel on our team? So all fourth graders um, now have a channel. It says, uh, um, home adventures so I told the girls what do you want to call it what title do you want and you you they said do you want to introduce it? I said no this is yours I said mm -hmm. it's a fantastic idea so you go into the chat and you introduce it to the students 
and then the, I created the channel. One of you go ahead and, and say what it is and what you want students to be able to do. Um, but they're just going to put little challenges on there. Um, like I just started, one girl said, uh, find three items in your house and build something and share the picture with us. Wow. You know, one girl showed like, I love to play with Play-Doh. So can I take pictures and show people what I do? So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a community that you create in your physical library space that when you have to go virtual like this, you still have that same community where kids are, your students know they're, it's okay to speak up and share some ideas. And yeah. I'm learning from them all the time. And I love it. I love it when they teach me new things. Um, so yeah, I have fun learning with them. And, and then that encourages me to learn new things as well. Yeah. And my blog post yesterday was actually about um, using the AASL standards to kind of still remember we're still, you know, librarians, we're still doing things, you know, in these standards. And that's, that fits in so well. I was just pulling up a picture on my phone, you know, with your, you creating that opportunity for them to collaborate. They're starting their own curation, you know, now of things. I remember looking at the AASL standards and I, and I worked on a webinar for the mm -hmm. standards. And the more I looked at them and the more I looked at what are students doing to curate, what are they doing to share their learning? Yeah. I thought, you know, Flipgrid is an amazing way for them to be yes. teaching each other and taking their learning to that next level. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to be their only audience ever. You know, I want it to be authentic and I want them to be able to share with each other. Right. Very, very true. All right. Um, so just as we're wrapping things up, you've shared so many fun ideas today and you, you've given, hopefully, sparked some ideas that people can start thinking about what they're going to do maybe now or when they start back to school next year. So if they want to connect with you and ask you about some things or just follow what you're doing, how, how can they connect with you? The best way to connect with me is on Twitter. Uh, I tweet I tweet a lot. Um, I think it's important for librarians and for teachers to share the amazing learning events that are happening every day in your classroom. So I try to share on Twitter. I never share students' names, but educators and libraries, they just want to see what's the learning happening and it's just incredible to be able to share so the first thing i would recommend is just follow me on twitter um, if you want to see some things that we do in our libraries or or things that are important and if you have a question for me um follow me i'll follow you back and we can do a direct message on twitter um, i always say that to my um <clears throat> twitter education um PLN because when I get direct messages there, I know it's it's someone that I know from education um, right. and it's real. Email can be like you never know who's going to send you an email. <laughs> so yeah, I will I will certainly reach out and contact you there. And and I will say you know especially as a new librarian, you, there's so many things to learn and to do. Don't try to do it all at one time. The yeah. hardest part for you is that sometimes you are the only one in your building that does what you do, and 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 not and there isn't anyone else that understands what you do behind the scenes either so right. it is super important for you to find that professional learning network that's going to encourage you and that is that space for you to share what you're doing where people will get excited about it mm -hmm. um because people who understand you like for me it's the microsoft innovative educator expert group um you know i i'm learning more about there's wonderful librarians in that group but also teachers in that group that that challenge me to keep learning and keep doing new things mm -hmm. and your your state library association um be connected with that if you're on twitter you know participate in their twitter mm -hmm. chats you're going to continue to learn and get ideas from them but it's going to be really important for you 
to be able to have someone to share your ideas with and, and, and your frustrations too, because you're not in this alone. And sometimes you will feel like you're in this by yourself um, and nobody really understands what you do. <laughs> yeah, very true. And it, for those who are new and kind of intimidated by Twitter, you know, I personally years ago started just being a lurker. You know, I, when my friends helped me make my account and, and then I just followed, I even said, tell me who to follow, you know, cause I have no idea who to even follow. Uh, and I just watched, you know, for months, probably, I just would watch and see what they talked about. How did they do things? You know, I didn't understand the at sign versus the hashtag, but just, just lurk for a while and, and you'll kind of get the hang of it and see how people are, are uh, connecting with each other. But Carrie, just thank you so much for sharing your ideas today. And I'm glad that you're, you're doing well during this time and uh, appreciate your time, making time today to, to talk with you. Thanks very much, and I look forward to following you and, and learning more from you. Have a great day. Great. Thank Bye. you. You too. Bye-bye.